Theological education should be accessible. In the past, men have had to leave their local churches to train for the ministry. At Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, you can now complete a seminary education while staying in your own church and being mentored by your own pastor. For more information on how you can receive informed scholarship with Pastoral Heart, check out our website, cbtseminary.org. You are listening to Particular Pilgrims, stories from Reformed Baptist history with commentary. I'm your host, Ron Miller, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church of Clarksville, Tennessee, and a longtime student and collector of Particular Baptist history. We're on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Last week, I introduced you to Hercules Collins the pastor for 25 years of the particular Baptist church in Wapping, London. You may recall that toward the end of his life, his concern for the next generation of pastors increased. So he wrote a small work called The Temple Repaired. This was an expansion of a sermon rooted in 2 Timothy 2.15 and a strong plea for the particular Baptist churches to train preachers and ordain qualified men to the Christian ministry. This work is still worthy of study today, and to encourage you to learn from this 17th century gift of Christ to his church, I want to read some small portions of the book. It is full of biblical principles and practical advice. I hope it whets your appetite for more. In the dedication, Collins reminds us that, quote, churches are the schools of Christ. He quotes John Owen when he says, every church is a seminary. So he calls on churches to, quote, see what gifts Christ has given them and exercise them. Then in expounding his text, he explains what is a good workman. He is, in part, the following. One, one who lays a good foundation upon Christ crucified. Secondly, one who does not build onto this structure, quote, bad works and an evil life, neither unsound doctrine nor stuff our preaching with human art, rhetorical ornaments, philosophical questions or reason, for that is all wood, hay, and stubble and must be burnt up but we must continue to preach the pure, divine, sound, and precious doctrine of the gospel, end quote. Thirdly, one who, quote, lays his work well together. By this he means someone whose preaching comes from the text and in a coherent and connected manner. He says, quote, when we name a text, we should not take our farewell of it, and not return to it again in our whole discourse, but should closely follow the scope and design of the Spirit of God in that text, with that order and connection of the parts, that it may look beautiful and prove profitable. End quote. Fourthly, a good workman is one who does, quote, his work well, and a great deal, too. Indeed, there are some good workmen that do their work well, but do a very little. Others may speak a great many words in a sermon who have but little matter. 
He is most accepted that brings the best bread and a full meal. To be sure, this is true. He does the best work and the most work who labors most in his study with a dependence upon God for a blessing. End quote. What wise words from this experienced preacher and pastor. Then in classic Puritan fashion, Collins moves from doctrine into use and application. This is the heart of his advice. Listen to a few of these pieces. One, if it be the duty of gospel ministers to study to divide the word of God aright, then we fairly and naturally infer that it is their sin that preach and yet neglect study. And this, this doctrine of study, he says, quote, refutes the opinion of those that think it unlawful to study to declare God's mind and contemptuously speak against it as if we were to preach by inspiration, end quote. Here he argues against the view that God will give men a good sermon when they refuse to study the scriptures. But Collins' sermon goes beyond these general truths and uses. He also gives specific instructions for how to interpret texts and preach them profitably. Here are a baker's dozen of examples. One, know that the scriptures are the best expositors of themselves. No man nor no church explains God's word better than it does itself. Two, give yourself to reading above all the Holy Scriptures and always make conscience to pray with Solomon for a wise and understanding heart to understand the mind and will of God in his word. Thirdly, beg for great humility. Pride and conceit has overthrown many a young preacher. Two things will make us truly humble. A true knowledge of ourselves, our own foolishness, ignorance, and impotency, with our vileness by nature and act, and a true knowledge of God in his glorious perfections. Fourth, sometimes we have sermons easier and sometimes with more difficulty, but this is our comfort that we always have a God upon the throne of grace who will help us in a time of need that humbly lie before him. Those are good comforting words to anyone who has regularly preached. Fifthly, let all you deliver be according to the analogy of faith. Never interpret one text so as to thwart another. Abandon all private opinions the more obscure places being expounded by the more clear. Sixth, let your speech be plain. To have more rhetoric than logic is condemnable. What does it signify to have a dish daintily set off if no meat be in it? Speak to the capacity of the people. And seventh, Watch against repeating the same thing over and over in other words. Be sure you come well furnished into the pulpit. You have better leave than lack. 8. 
Let us not draw our words at too great a length, (laughs) by which he means don't speak too slowly, in an unnatural and affected manner. 9. Beg of God with St. Paul for utterance that you may open your mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Do not enter the pulpit with an ignorant but with a holy boldness. 10. Never stand too long on the repetition of a former sermon, by which he means keep a review short. He recommended it never be more than a few moments long. 11. If you have much of God's presence in preaching, be not overconfident that the sermon shall do good. And if you are in a dull frame in preaching, so long as you preach God's word, do not despair of a good effect. For some have experienced some sermons blessed, which they thought were lost, and have heard nothing to their comfort of that sermon they expected most from. And this is done, that no flesh might glory in God's presence. 12. Let not your sermons commonly be very long. It is better to leave the people longing than loathing. 13. You that have time, write your sermons in your study, and think it not enough to write your bare headings, but make some enlargements upon every heading with the scriptures that prove it, and yet have your dependence on God for further enlargement in public. Well, for more sound advice from Pastor Collins on this subject, you can purchase inexpensive modern reprints of The Temple Repaired from a variety of sources on abebooks.com. Thank you for listening today. I hope it was profitable. This is Ron the Baptist wishing you grace and peace. Mm-hmm.